Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. I am thrilled to have a guest on today's show. And this guest I actually met as a guest on her podcast. So if you guys like podcasts, definitely tune in today because there is a lot more goodness from our lovely Dawn Marie. Dawn Marie is a wellness lifestyle mentor and the podcast host of Beyond the Plate. So make sure to go and hit subscribe. And she is helping women find themselves, ignite their natural energy, and truly live in food freedom. We are all about that here. She is a natural developer of others by nature with a generator energy type within human design. She's a certified integrative nutrition coach and loves supporting women to step into the life of their dreams naturally. She considers herself a health and agriculture advocate, a mama of three from rural Iowa, obsessed with helping others find a healthy lifestyle that will fit into their schedule and get them on the road to living their best life. Was she made for this show? I think so, y'all. So without further ado, let me introduce the lovely Dawn Marie. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Hey, Kaya. Thank you so much for having me. This is just so fun to be able to podcast swap with each other and get to connect a little farther. Oh, I love me a good podcast swap. And I feel like this was a podcast swap that was meant to be agriculture, health, human design, all the things. I just can't wait to see where this conversation goes today. But before we jump in all the goodness, I really want us to start with hearing more about you and your story. So tell me, Dawn, how did you end up where you are today? That is a funny and loaded question. And I always love this piece of anybody's podcast because I'm like, ooh, you always love to hear the juice, like how they got there. And that's always my favorite. Um, And so while I was in my journey, I was like, is this my journey? It's so funny. So I would say it's, yeah, probably been about five. Well, it's a long story, but um, my (laughs) daughter, so she is eight. And when she was like six months old, I actually had thyroid cancer. Um, I always had like, not always, but like when I was 21, of course, when you turn 21, you're like, I'm free, I'm living, this is awesome. And all of a sudden I'm like, why am I so flipping tired? So I had a thyroid imbalance. So I had to get on a medicine and my mom was like devastated. She's like, you're not going to want to have to do that every day. I'm like, it's a pill once a day. I'm already taking birth control. What's the big deal? Whatever. So it was always easy peasy, normal, like that kind of thing. Even through my first two pregnancies, it was fine. And I had ran into other people that had had thyroidectomies or all of a sudden, like they would just get huge goiters or stuff like that. And I was like, oh my God, thank God that was never me. And then it did happen to me when my second, like I said, was um, six months old. We were at her, not even that. I think she was like four months, two, four months. I don't know, something like that. I have the worst memory in the world. We'll just make that clear here. Um, So we were at her well baby checkup and I was like, hey, you know, like... I have something going on with my throat. Like for some reason, there's like a bump. But when I get pregnant, like I go full feed, like, you know, total, like all all the food, loved it. And it was fine. (laughs) And so I'm like, well, maybe it's just like reintroducing myself to my neck now that I've like lost some baby weight. 
And they're like, "Mm, I think we really should get that checked out. So fast forward, going through the process of like a biopsy, scan, stuff like that, I ended up having to have surgery. And they're like, well, it looks like there's multicellular things going on with your thyroid. So we're going to take half of it out. And if the whole thing is bad, um, when we're in there, we'll just take the whole thing out. Okay, sounds good. At that time, I knew in my heart, I'm like, this is cancer. Like they're not saying it's cancer, but in my gut, I know it's cancer. And the shame and the overwhelming flood of emotions of like, I did this to myself somehow, or how did this Mm. happen to me? And I have a baby right now. Like, how am I going through all that? So by the time it all transpired, you know, she was like still six months or whatever. And I had to have the whole thing out. And while I was under during surgery, my husband was notified by the surgeon, like he came out and was like, Hey, we tested this under the microscope. And you know, your wife does have thyroid cancer. So we decided to take all of it out and some more suspicious lymph nodes that just don't look very friendly. So he had to get the news delivered to him while I was out, like my mom and my grandma were there as support, but I just felt the like cave in my gut that I'm like, I already knew that even before I woke up and they told me for sure. I knew that from that initial appointment with the surgeon when he read my biopsy. And so I already had time to process it. And so from that time on, even through my healing of cancer, I felt it. It's so much more of like, as much as it sucks being the cancer patient, I always felt bad for my support team Mm. because I felt like it was harder for them. Mm. And then I just kind of opened myself up to different things where I'm like, what is it that I could do? Because I was a runner. I was in shape. Like I looked healthy from the outside. Mm -hmm. So that's where I can totally relate to you where you flipped the switch and, you know, felt the other way. It's like, it's so real. I would go to these checkup appointments and people were like, cancer, how like, you're so young. Like you look so in shape. Like you look fine. How, How do you have cancer? And it's like, Finally, I had a rebuttal to it where I'm like, unfortunately, cancer doesn't give a shit what I look like Mm. or what size I am. And that's totally when I broke up with like calorie counting and I would work out like for a certain event or whatever. I didn't really enjoy it. It was more like a punishment for what I had ate, you know, like I would do Mm -hmm. so good during the week and then I would fall off the wagon on the weekend and then Monday I'd beat myself up all over again. So that was kind of my like growing up journey. Um, but the cancer was honestly a blessing. And I know people think I'm like off my rocker when I say that, that haven't experienced it, or maybe some that have or th- and thinking, I didn't think that was a blessing to have to go through it. But the type of, that I had and the outcome I had was a blessing because it woke me up to realize I have the power. I have the control of what happens to my body and I can do things to make it better. Mm, man, what a... Uh disruptor. I feel like that's the word that comes to mind for me is like cancer was such this disruptor for you in your life. I mean, obviously, as you get this, you know, potentially life-threatening diagnosis, it uproots your family, your your role in the family as having to be someone to receive the care instead of being the mom that's usually the caregiver of the house, but a disruptor in it sounds kind of like how you defined health for yourself. Right. Yes, very much so. And like you said, I wasn't used to being cared for. So that was very uncomfortable. But then the guilt came to me of, I don't want my kids to go through this. So I think that's really when it sparked, like, I have a knowledge and I'm like retaining all this information. And I had this like epiphany. I don't want it to be of a waste. Even if it just affects me, I feel like I need to share that. So my kids don't have to have that same disruptor. And, you know, I can't control that they might get cancer, but they can live healthy with whatever body size, shape, what they eat, 
as long as you enjoy it. And so over the years, it had spiraled into, I want to mentor other women to know that. So even more than my own kids, like I have three beautiful daughters, like I don't want them to have that body shame. But I also want other women that's like, doesn't have to experience cancer. That was my big thing where I'm like, I don't want you to have to have a disruptor in order to appreciate the body you have and the control you have Mm. and our mindset that we have. Yeah. I want to circle back to your response that you came up with when people were like, you're so fit, you're so healthy. Why do you have cancer? And you said, well, cancer doesn't really give a shit. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm curious in your perspective now, obviously going through that experience now in the role that you are of coaching other women of diverse body types, I guess for yourself, how do you maybe define health now that you didn't before? Mm, I love that. Health now to me is more like my mind and how it talks to my body. Mm. A lot of my podcast and in my coaching, I talk about like listening to her, like as we're two separate people, like our body is one person and her is the spiritual part. So I just like Mm. to label her, her instead of like giving her some other name. It's you, it's you. And so to me, that is health. Like when we can truly listen to our intuition, to our gut instinct, to all these different things that make up our life, that is our health. It's not just what we consume. Like I used to think it's health is only in calories or health is only how I move my body. No, health is my whole life, how I live my life. Yeah, man. I love that because it really is so more all-encompassing as you know. I've come to learn, similar to you with different kinds of disruptors. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. It is so special to have you here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you like hearing from me? Not just in this way on the podcast, but what would you think about getting a little bit of sunshine into your inbox every Wednesday morning? That's exactly what I send to everybody that has signed up for my email list. Every Wednesday, I let you know what the new podcast is that's dropping. I also give you free resources, books I'm reading, quotes I'm loving, recommendations, and just whatever thoughts are stewing in my brain. And I'd love to have you hang out with me over there. You can click the link below to sign up for my email list, and I would love to see you in your inbox. You know, as we're recording this, it's towards the beginning of the year and tis the season for everyone to start setting, you know, big New Year's goals for the years. Maybe they're ready to jump on the health bandwagon. I don't know about you, but I know that my media of all kinds has been flooded like it constantly is, but especially this time of year, flooded with new diet programs and weight loss programs and gym memberships and all of these things. And I know some of my listeners hearing this are like, yeah, I I do have the goal of wanting to be more intentional and mindful with my health this year. And so for folks that are wanting to step into the healthier version of themselves this year and maybe taking a, a note from someone like you who has really expanded what health means, knowing that it's all connected, where do we even start, right? There's so much noise. There's so much information. It's hard to say what health looks like because it doesn't have a look. So where do, where do we even begin? Right. I've struggled with that lately. And I think I spent like, as I reflected on 2022, I really leaned into that of like, what it looked like for me? Like, what is that gap? What is that synapsis of like knowing we want to do something, but then what's that first step? And I honestly think it is understanding and spending time with yourself 
Mm. and getting to know you on how you're meant to be. Because like you said, we get thrown, oh, you know, whatever the hot top diet is, which I luckily I must have like muted enough of my ads that I'm not seeing that. Um, But as I'm watching like bowl games, because I love football, um, I'm seeing these and I like cringe or, you know, the drug companies and like all the side effects and all the other crap that just like thinks it's a quick fix. Mm -hmm. So I think when we admit to ourselves, it's going to take work, but it's going to be worth it Mm -hmm. is awesome. But it's really work on ourselves to trust our intuition and not look to our best friend or our sister or somebody else. And was like, oh, well, they did. And I'm not bashing keto. They did keto. And oh, my God, it works so good for them. Like, and then I try it and I just fail at it. So instead of thinking that we have to go chase the fix, it's flipping and going inward to do the work, to listen to ourselves. And in my um, one-on-one mentorship that I love to do with women, that's what we do. We focus on them. Like it's kind of cool because I get to introduce them to themselves. Like I said on that, like introducing them to her by looking at their cycle because they might've never realized, because I was oblivious when I found this out a couple of years ago of we have a cycle. It's not just that we menstruate. Like we have highs and lows of our energy and there's so much power to be found in, in that rather than we're not feeling like it, you know, like when we are, and I don't need to go in the weeds with like the different phases, but when we're more in the two weeks of like luteal phase where we're lower, we beat ourselves up that we don't feel like working out. And so we think there's something wrong with us mm. rather than like knowing and educating ourselves on what makes us us we can lean into that and like, oh, I know I need more rest during this time. I'm going to give myself more grace. And maybe Mm. going for a walk feels much better than running this week. Mm. Or maybe doing a slow yoga feels better than a high intensity HIIT workout. And then I also tie it with like human design. And the beauty, and I think we've talked about this on our podcast flip, is that is all about what we came into this earth with. Like it's not something that we have to go be it's who we are already. And I think that is so cool. So when we combine those things together and can trust ourselves, then we know what exactly we have to do. Because I feel like we all have the answer of what it is that we have to do to get the results we want. We just don't know how to do it yet. Yeah. Or we just, we stand in our own way. You know, I, I love this so much because I totally agree with you and that like our mental, emotional, and spiritual beings are so interconnected to our health and our, our physical being, of course. But I think for some people, it's they might be listening, thinking like, okay, yeah, I got you. I'm tracking. What the heck does it mean to look inward? Like tangibly, what does that mean? Right? Because I think what we're used to when it comes to health is we get handed over a plan, right? They say, eat these things, do these things, get these results. We're used to someone telling us, tell me exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, when they are starting this work and they're like, okay, go inward. But what's the plan? Like, what the heck does that actually mean? What are some, I guess, for someone that's just wanting to explore, getting to know themselves better, having more self-awareness, what are some tangible tools that they can maybe implement to explore that? Yes, absolutely. Because I totally agree. It's like, it's so complex, but then yeah, just like that tangible, like, tell me what to do. So I would say the very basic first thing, because if you don't know if you like to journal or read or any of those things to like self-care, the easiest thing to do is think of what do you enjoy? Like, what do you honestly enjoy? Like Mm -hmm. it's a yes, no answer. You can think of, okay, 
Do I like to diet? Well, does anybody? No. Okay. Do I like certain foods? Yes. Okay. There's a reason why you like those foods. So then you can kind of like peel back the layers and go deeper and deeper with those and embrace it. Um, and it goes with workouts too. Like, do you, do you truly enjoy it? Like, yeah, some people might say, and I have a, like a running buddies on Saturday and one is actually my high school best friend's dad. Um, he lives nearby and then their other daughter. And so it's funny, we have a 65 year old, a 26 year old, and then me, a 36 year old. So we have like the spectrum of ages and he's always like, oh my God, I hate this running. Like, why do I even do that? But it's the high afterwards that he Mm -hmm. loves and the connection of us talking every Saturday that keeps him showing up and it keeps us showing up. So we have to think about it versus just surface level. Like instead of yes, do I love running? Yes or no. It's more like, what about running do I like? Like asking ourselves those deeper questions to go inward more instead of so black and white. So I don't know. I kind of like chased around the tail there a little bit. But think about what you like mm-hmm. and then keep asking yourself like to go deeper. Like, why do I like this? Mm-hmm. What makes me feel good? Do I enjoy it with others? You know, and then you'll really, truly find like the why underneath it. So it's kind of like going to that seven layers deep. If you've ever done that practice, like that is something so simple to do. And then, you know, in other aspects, that's what you're like, you're seeking out in other Mm -hmm. things. So maybe if it's a bad habit, you're trying to kick, you can find, okay, so in running, I really love the community piece. So maybe a bad habit of socially drinking is because you go to socially drink because you know Mm. there's other people there. Mm -hmm. What are some other healthy habits or things you can do that you get that community base without maybe something of the negative, which I'm totally not bashing drinking because, you know, I enjoy a beverage as well. So Mm -hmm. that's just an example to get people to understand like we're normal people too. And we Mm -hmm. have those struggles and shame and things that pop up. But that's one simple way that you can do that today without hiring a coach, without having a 12-step program is to simply ask yourself, what do you enjoy? And keep peeling back the layers on why you enjoy that. Yeah. Ooh, I really love that because I love that you brought up the socially part of running and the social part of drinking. Because I think so often when we think about, okay, what are the things that I like? Well, like I love eating cake late at night. I love sleeping in. I love going out late at night with friends. But it's the asking ourselves why we like those things that really gives us the answers. Because I think we get caught up in, we like a lot of things because of the instant gratification. Mm -hmm. But the long-term ramifications of those, maybe we don't love so much. And there's some things like running maybe where instantly not so gratifying. But long-term, we love the benefits. And so I love that getting to the root of why you like the things that you enjoy and why you also like the things that aren't serving you too, because there is so much wisdom to be Mm -hmm. gleaned there as well. Absolutely. And it's cool because then it like ties you to like, I know why, like finding your why was a buzzword for so long. And so like last year I embraced it as like finding my desires. Like, why do I want to be a health coach? You know, like I had to really ask myself that, like, what is the desire? And it was so cool once I explored that and spent time sitting and being, I think it's a big thing of being who you already are instead of more doing like, oh, I have to read more self-help books or I have to do this program. That's going to be the answer. It's a lot more time of spending with yourself, honoring your desires, and you find out so much about yourself. It is like, yeah. And I know you're going to turn 30 this week, which is so fun. So happy early birthday. Thank you. And I was reflecting on that as I saw that in your stories that I'm like, 
you are like leaps and bounds already like in your wisdom in your 20s, which is so cool to see because a lot of women, it's like they spent their whole 20s like being in the shame and then they get to their 30s and they're kind of like, oh, I'm just going to own who I am, you know? And it's like, (laughs) I feel like you've already like embraced that. So you're like, you enjoyed your 20s because I remember when I hit my 30s and I realized that I'm like, oh, life seems like more chill and comfortable and I'm like owning my body and understanding it. I wish I would have had that in my 20s. But it wasn't meant to, which is cool too. So, oh, everything's right on time, right? I yes. I feel like that's a hard thing to accept sometimes, but it's so freeing at the same time too. Yes, yes, it takes a lot of that pressure off. Oh, totally. Ever thought about having your own podcast? From one podcaster to another aspiring podcaster, I think you should totally go for it. Your story and wisdom deserves to be shared, and the good news is you don't have to go it alone. Full transparency, my podcast would not be possible every week without the support of my incredible podcast producer and manager, Jill Carr. She helped me bring my vision to life by helping me handle all the behind the scenes tech to launch it into the world. If you're looking to take to the mic and launch your own show, but the tech logistics and launch process are leaving you feeling overwhelmed and intimidated, I can't recommend Jill Carr podcasting enough to support you. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about her services and how she can help bring your podcast vision to life. You know, you brought up the word shame a few times already, and I really want to come back to that because I think when it comes to, I want to say especially for women, but I know it's not even just women specific. I think it it's a human experience when it comes to shame, especially as it centers around our health. Because even when you shared your story at the beginning, you were talking about your diagnosis with cancer and how you felt shame about it, feeling like it was your fault that you got the, this diagnosis. And I know there's a lot of people, myself included, that struggle with or have struggled with the feeling of deep shame around themselves as it pertains to our body. You know, of course, we've been consuming messages for generations about um, how our bodies are these problems to be solved. And so it makes sense that we've conditioned to feel shame. But I think so often we use that shame to spark the beginning of a health journey. And in my experience, shame is not the most sustainable emotion to be a motivation behind a health journey. And how do we, I guess, especially with like the women or or individuals that you work with, how do we move past the shame piece to get to a place of more empowerment with compassion instead? Yeah, I love that. I think it it all stems with that first um, part that we started the conversation with of owning your desires and knowing your why that starts to uncover it because then we understand that maybe it wasn't shame so much. We were just trying to understand ourselves. Mm. So I think when we give ourselves grace to understand, like we said, yes, we can regret that things didn't happen when we thought they should, but they all happen for a reason. I think when we really lean into that, we can turn shame into being, I was supposed to feel that way. So I learned something from it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always looking for those life lessons in it. Like, maybe questioning when you do feel that shame comes up, you ask yourself why, instead of going down that hole, you know, which we all can, you know, I still do that too, where there's times where I'll get myself in that spiral downward trap. And then I, when I'm ready to come out, I'm thinking, what, what was I supposed to learn from this? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to take from this? And then I lean into that rather than staying on the shame piece. It's like, yeah. then I can, can move forward and then really see myself as an evolution. So like you said, we've been conditioned socially, which 
infuriates me for so long, especially after the whole cancer thing where it's like, oh, well, if you had stress and sugar, of course you had cancer. And it's like, it's not always that simple. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really thinking of ourselves as an evolution. Like we're all trying to figure this out. Not one person has it all figured out. And that has helped me so much in the last few years of not feeling that shame for myself of not being where I wanted to be. So maybe even career-wise and not so much health-wise, but mentally that controls how my body is going to function if I'm holding Mm -hmm. that regret and stress. But it's understanding that I'm supposed to experience these things because I'm figuring it out just like everybody else is. So we're all just evolving instead of like, oh, we came broken and now we have to fix it. We're all just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of it being an evolution, whether it's our health or just our life or journey and all the things, because it leaves so much space for mistakes and lessons learned and growth and compassion. I shared before, I think I shared on, on, on our podcast we did for Beyond the Plate too, was that with this health journey, you know, when I started mine, it was still very weight focused. That was my my goal. It was still so much to have to do with weight. And what I realized during my evolution is that it wasn't necessarily weight that I wanted. The desire that I wanted was love. It was confidence. It was energy. Those are my deeper desires. And I think now where I'm at, you know, I've gained some of that weight back, but I have done so without that immense shame that I would have felt in years before. And I think it's so much because of this evolution. And I think thinking about it as as an evolution just gives you so much more freedom to make space for for your humanness. That feels like such a loving way to view that. So uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I really, really love that a lot. Yes. You know, with this evolution, as we talk about health and whatnot, you know, and I love that you talked about when you, when you mentioned shame, you said there's a lesson to be learned in that. And I think that there's so much beauty in being able to realize you're allowed to feel all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we don't all, have to be happy all the time. No, <laughs> no. Like, and basically welcoming our emotions to be these signals, like these, I like to think about it as the lights on your dashboard in your car, right? Mm-hmm. They're not just there to like be a fun little light show. They're always trying to tell you something. And so if we can make space to welcome those emotions, whether it is uncomfortable feelings like shame, what is the signal? What's the light telling you? Right. And I think it's different for everybody. Like I'm such a big believer that it's a, everybody's journey is so individualized. And like I said, you can't just look to somebody else and be like, oh, well, how come I'm not experiencing the results there? Um, But I think it's just telling us like to go deeper Mm -hmm. and self-love, like love yourself enough to trust yourself. Like, where is it guiding you? I don't think there's like a one, like, oh, this shame equals this. Just same, same, like, um, fear or sadness, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I think we uncover it just like that first step of like, how do we get to know ourselves? I think the same applies where we can ask ourselves, why am I feeling this? What is stemming from it? What can I learn from it? And just sitting with it Mm -hmm. and being okay with sitting in it rather than thinking it has to be some quick fix to get me out of it. Yeah, Like you said, like a lot of times we're like, oh, we feel uncomfortable that we feel these ways, but it's so important to sit in those because you're meant to feel that way for a reason. It's trying like life and world and whatever you believe in higher being is trying to tell you something because it's guiding you on your journey. So then you know how to take that next step. Preach it, girl. Preach it. <laughs> you know, I, I love that you spend so much time talking with women or, or in your clients about their desires. Now, I'm curious, as a mom of three little girls, 
I am not a mom yet, but there's lots of women in my community that are parents. I have lots of friends that are parents, my sister-in-laws. And I'm curious through your experience, did you ever have a hard time tapping into your own desires, especially through the early years of motherhood? Because what I've discovered in the women that I work with is that a lot of them lose themselves in that role and they forget how to even make space to consider what their own desires are. Yes, I think you nailed that. And especially seeing that from like your perspective and then me actually living it, it is spot on. Like you are spot on on that because I think we're so busy trying to figure out motherhood. We forget that we have to figure out ourselves first. And I'll share this example of like, I remember when my oldest Kading was born and I wasn't a huge runner. Like I would run because I knew it was good for me. I didn't love it. I didn't run far distances. And one of my friends was like, Hey, we're going to do a half marathon. I had never ran over three miles. I was like, are you insane? Like I'm going to die. Like, and when am I going to have time to do that? Well, I tried it because I'm on a whim and I'm married to a farmer. So he's busy all the time. So I always tease that it's like I tease lovingly that it's almost like being a single parent because you're kind of doing it all by yourself and you're figuring it out. So I'm like, how am I going to fit, you know, working full time, raising this baby? I was nursing, you know, so then that takes even more time. And then I'm going to start running like what? And then I have a house to keep, you know, like all the things like you can go on and on and on. And so finally I was like, no, I need this for time for me. So I gave it a whirl and I was like, Ryan, you, my husband, you need to, you just need to take her. Like, I don't care if you do chores with her or whatever, but like, it needs to be your time and I'll do it as early as you need. So if you're not doing chores yet and you're still sleeping, fine. So I gave it a whirl and I loved it because it was time to spend with myself at first before I found other people to run with. And I loved the clarity and it was like a reset. And I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything in her life because I was doing it so early. Like it was so stupid early. Like there was times I think I was getting up at 420 to work out because I didn't want to miss anything. And so I, you make it like when you want something enough and you crave it, you find a way to make space for it because yes, working with women and especially parents, I found that where they're like, yes, I would love to work with you. And I love the transformation you're going to provide me, but how am I going to find the time? Time is always something more than money, more than anything else. It's always time. And it's like, we will make it work if we want it bad enough. Mm, And I think for parenting, that is one of those things where it's like, once you finally reach a breaking point or it's like you have a, a disruptor, all of a sudden you're realizing like, oh my gosh, I like for the last 10 years, you know, you hear it like different parents, like at different stages of motherhood, they finally realize they've just been in survival mode for so long and they've lost themselves. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. And I want to, you know, first recognize that I have not been through that experience. So I really can't speak to it at all. But I think also, you know, you, you were mentioning earlier about how when you work with women, you talk a lot about like, honoring your own cycle, like honoring your own energy. And I feel like extending that same grace to yourself in the different seasons of motherhood, because Mm -hmm. obviously those seasons look different. My best friend, she just had her first baby this summer. And this weekend for my birthday, she's doing her first getaway from home by herself without baby. And you know, in this season of motherhood, obviously you are more attached to that child time-wise. And I think recognizing for maybe any of the moms that are listening to this, thinking about like, okay, I need to prioritize myself. Like I need to make time for myself. Yes. You need to make time for yourself, but also 
being willing to honor the season that you're in, in motherhood, knowing that like, that's going to change and evolve too. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, again, it's just cool that you like see that from that perspective and honor it. Cause I remember like losing some friendships because they couldn't understand what I was going through. So then mm. you kind of gravitate to other moms in the same like shit storm, like let's be real. <laughs> so it's, it's just really cool that you like have that perspective to keep that there. But yeah, every season and it's the same. I think it's a lot alike our health journey too. Like you have to hold grace for yourself and understand things aren't going to look perfect. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I want to work to, like I want this morning I wanted to work out and they had a like we ended up having an ice storm, so there's no school. So I had to like hold back the the need to want to control and have things perfect mm-hmm. and just let it be. And I remind myself of it so often where it's like, they're not always going to be little. They're not always going to be here. So I don't want to regret this in 20 years when nobody's in my house. So I'm going to enjoy working out with my kids around me or maybe like disrupting that I don't get in all the reps. But I try to soak in those memories around me and embrace it. So then it doesn't really feel like I'm missing out on anything, if that makes Mm. any sense whatsoever. It totally does. And I I don't know, (laughs) this might not make sense how I'm going to try to connect these two, but One of the guideposts that I made for myself this year is romanticize your life. And you recapping that story kind of made it sound to me like, okay, you in that moment decided I'm going to, instead of feeling frustrated, I'm going to romanticize this moment in a way in terms of recognizing that the life that we're living today isn't the life that we want, right? Because we picture something else in the future maybe, but we're going to look back on this and miss it. And so it's like, how can I be reminiscent of this moment in the present moment? How can I find the nostalgia in this day as I'm actively living it? And I feel like, especially for moms, that can be so powerful because what I hear over and over again from moms is, I'm so tired and I want this phase to end. And also I don't want this phase to end at all. I want it to last forever. And like holding space for both of those at the same time. Yes. It is so crazy because it's like a polar vortex, like going in two different ways. And I will say um, how you mentioned that, that is perfect because if we find a way to enjoy it, whether it's romanticizing or the wake up reminder of like, everybody tells you you're going to miss this someday, Mm -hmm. that it allows you to pause and be present in that moment. And besides like, which is huge in itself, like, cause you're going to like capture that in your heart. It's almost like making a heart memory, Mm. but it also allows your body to function how it needs to be. Because when we're trying so hard to control it and make it like structured and, you know, picture perfect or Instagram worthy, we're missing out on the rest of it. And then our bodies are in so much stress, Mm -hmm. then they can't work how they were aligned to like digestion problems, gut issues, like you name it, inflammation, all these things. And then we get chronic diseases. So we might think of stress as in like, oh, well, that's only if I'm stressed about money or if I'm stressed about work. No, it's like in the everyday and we're carrying that and it's building and it's building and it's building. So if we can just take some like cleansing breaths in that moment and be like, I will miss this someday. Like it's almost like the two polar vortexes like whooshing into the ocean and then it's calm waters, you know, Mm. like if that makes any sense. I don't know. It feels like I'm really like flighty right now about that, but that's just (laughs) what I'm visualizing where it's like. Because it feels so real and so overwhelming in the moment that it's like, oh my God, how am I going to survive this minute? How am I going to survive this day? And when you can just like snap out of it of like having some thing, whatever it makes sense to you, 
to get you to do that. Like that you can cognizantly just like be in that present moment. Everything else gets to be in alignment. Yeah. I love that. I'm here for all the visuals and the pictures. Even if a lot of times I paint pictures as I'm talking in, in real time. So I'm like, I have no idea if that makes sense, but I, I track, I follow you. I follow you. Um, <laughs> One of the things you had mentioned earlier, I know you talk about how spirituality and is kind of connected into this work. It's connected into our our being, our essence. And I know that you mentioned human design before. I recently had a guest on the show um, talking about human design. And so maybe some people, if they've listened to that, are familiar. I am just, I'm fairly new to the work of human design. But for myself, it's been wildly eye-opening and also allowed me to give myself so much more compassion and grace and understanding from the awareness I've gained from it. So I'm curious for you, how has human design, how has the awareness of your human design kind of helped and supported you in your life and in your health journey? Oh, that is huge. Like the last year has been like, like my word for last year was growth. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much about myself. And like you said, it allows you to give yourself grace but it also gives you so much power on how to make decisions. And I just like, it is earth shattering how important that is. Like, and everybody's different, but I feel like it just gives us that permission that like, this is already how we were supposed to be. Like we came into this world, you know, like I'm sure on the podcast, you talked about like how you pull your human design. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally off of where you were born, what time and what day, like it's crazy. And so I've done it all even on my girls and my husband just to understand like it helps me how to parent them because I have a projector, I have a mani gen, I have a generator. Like they're all so different. And it used to like drive me nuts because I'm like, how am I supposed to know how to parent? And they always say every kid you have to parent differently, but I'm like, I didn't really understand it until I understood them. Mm. And I think as a person, when we dig into our human design, we get to again do the work of meeting her to understanding her needs and how we make decisions. Like I'm an emotional and I think it's authority. Um, I just switched phones. So I have to like log into like all of my stuff again. So, and again, (laughs) I've said I have the worst memory in the world, so I can't remember everything on them, but like, I love having my chart right on the app. It is amazing. Um, But that's now I know, oh, yay. If something comes to me and they're like, oh, will you be on my podcast? And I instantly I'm like, hell yes, that sounds awesome. I have to ride the wave and make sure that in a few days, like, am I still excited about it? Like I have to get to that neutral before I say yes or no, Mm -hmm. because if I say yes in the moment, by the time the podcast comes up, I might be like, why in the hell did I say I would do this? You know, and Mm -hmm. as mothers, we do that with volunteering for things or signing up to this or saying yes to a job or whatever it is or a, a program. And so there's so much power in how you make decisions, but also how you digest things. And when you feel most in alignment, like a lot of mine is like direct light. So I've realized like I like to eat and I digest better when it's before dark or if we're outside, like if there's a patio option when it's, you know, okay, this is the Midwest. Obviously we're not going to do that (laughs) in a nice storm, but if we go to eat, I'm always the one like, Hey, there's patio option. Like, let's go out there. Like, you get to gravitate towards things that light you up naturally that we might not even have known if we didn't dig into our human design. So that's why it's one of those, like with cycle syncing, human design is like, I'm by far like a huge fan girl of that over maybe even some of the personality traits and things like that. Because 
those are based off of certain questions that you answered in that moment where this is truly how you came into the world and how you're meant to be and to live your best self. Mm, Yes, man. I can imagine how fascinating that would be as a parent, understanding your kid's human design. For those of you that are listening that are like, I have no idea what these girls are talking about, go to episode 77. I did a deep dive into human design with my friend, Dr. Nicole Garitano, and there's information and links there too, to where you can go fill out your information to find out your own human design. And this is what I'll also say. Human design is a tool, right? If you're listening to this and you're like, that does not sound like my jam, that is a-okay. You can live a lovely, happy, healthy, whole, fulfilling life without ever knowing your human design. But if you are interested in exploring, I know it's definitely been a tool that has really helped both Dawn and I personally, professionally, in all all the ways. I'm a projector and um, I'm also an emotional projector. And so I'm the same way. And it is, man, just knowledge is power. And I feel like it's been a very powerful thing for me to learn over the past few months. So maybe it'll be helpful for you all too. Well, Dawn, I love to ask all of my guests, you know, this, this podcast is called climbing and it's because life is like climbing a series of mountain ranges with lots of peaks, lots of valleys, lots of highs and lots of lows. And I'm curious for you, what is a mountain that you are currently climbing in your life or in your career? Um, that is, um, very spot on as we're like on the new year and there's like new intentions and things like that. So mine right now is really like diving into what my word is for this year, which it keeps coming up. Like as I was reflecting over the last few days is joy and Mm. trying to chase my joy. So, um, ironically just yesterday was my very last day in the corporate world. And so I feel like I'm like, thank you. I'm very much embracing this like next chapter. And because I've like done the work to look into myself of like what I I need, but to continue that rather than like, Oh, this chapter's over. You know, it just automatically starts. Like you said, it's a Valley and then you got to climb something else. So mine is really like finding what lights me up and continuing to offer things to my clients that light me up and that they get benefit from. So, um, where we can both have that like synergic joy. And I think I just like totally made up that word of synergic. So I love it. Synergy is a word. So yeah. synergic, it's the synergic joy. You heard it here first folks. I love it. (laughs) I think it's so cool that, that that is your word for the year because one of my four guideposts, I shared one earlier, romanticize your life, but the other one is follow your joy. And I was talking to a business coach one time and she told me, she said the one piece of advice I'd give any entrepreneur is to follow your joy and the projects and the clients that bring you the most joy because your joy will rarely, if ever, lead you in the wrong direction. And I think it's a beautiful reminder because I think we in society are so quick to abandon our joy because of what we think we should be doing or what we think other people will think of us if we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that was something huge that like me deciding to leave my corporate career, like it was not a logic decision. Like it did not make any sense, but like I knew within me so much that like Mm -hmm. that job, that job role and the people in it and my customers I served were all meant to be, but I wasn't meant to be there anymore. Like I was needing to step into what other things that were lighting me up because that joy wasn't. And then like after stewing on that for like literally a couple of years, because I'm like, oh, am I just saying that because it seems exciting. But then, Mm -hmm. like you said, I was like reverting back and staying because it felt like what everybody else expected of me, my family and my coworkers and my customers. And then I come to the realization that I'm like, if I continue to stay, it's not serving me. But then what spoke even louder is 
I'm not allowing somebody else the opportunity, whoever would replace me to step into their joy. Mm. And so then like as givers, as moms, as women, like we're always looking for somebody else. And I was like, I have to take this leap. Like for anybody that I'm going to coach, like I have to be able to energetically match them. And I can't do that if I'm doing both. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Dawn, this has been such a pleasure and a joy to talk to you. Um, I'd love for you to share where folks can connect with you, get in your orbit, learn more, all the things. Yes. Thank you. I love Instagram. It is kind of my jam. It is my happy place. So you can find me at dawnmarie.co or over on my podcast, Beyond the Plate. I would love to have you over there. Awesome. Well, I know the people listening here enjoy podcasts, so make sure to go to Beyond the Plate and hit subscribe. We will have all of that goodness linked down below in the show notes. Thank you again so, so much, Dawn. And I just love you just sharing your wisdom, your experience, your story, and supporting us as we continue in our life and in our own health evolution. So thanks again so much for being here. You're welcome. And thank you so much for the opportunity to connect with your audience. And thank you, sweet listeners, for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. We'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.